Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for tuning in today. So every week as you tune in, you know, I know you have to feel my passion by now um, as to my movement I am creating, whether people want to listen or not, I'm still creating this movement. And that's to change that word of sales of something that's icky, sleazy and manipulative really to something that we should be selling from a place of love, care and respect always. And we're just we just do a better job and we make more money. Imagine that doing the right thing and coming from that place of care and respect to help you on your journey and shift that little mindset. I have a free gift for you. Take my free communication style assessment. I'll give you the link in the show notes. You will get a report just spotlighting what your natural superpowers are as it relates to communication. And you get a secondary report, which shows your lowest score, which is usually just a blind spot that we amplify for you so that you can make uh, or address ways of addressing clients who have that lowest uh, style. Go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA, my free gift to you. Um, Now, my motivational quote today is actually, it was an Instagram quote, but it's very impactful. It says, building multiple streams of income is no longer a luxury and has become a necessity. You know, being in business for 20 years, I know this to be the truth. And especially since COVID hit, having those multiple streams of income has really become paramount. And I saw that firsthand. Everything prior to COVID, I did live and in person, up close and personal, right? And then COVID hit and everything shut down, including income. So what do you do? You become really quick at creating multiple revenue streams. So today my guest is Shaheen Shane. I hope I said that right, Jane. And during the Iranian revolution in 1978, Shaheen's family had to escape to survive and ended up finally migrating to Los Angeles. At the age of 15 years old, Shaheen left home with nothing but the clothes on his back and created over a billion dollars, billion dollars in revenue by inventing the legendary smart drug known as herbal ecstasy. Now, these childhood experiences had a major impact on his perspective, which we're going to talk about today, his perspective of freedom, hard work, and entrepreneurship. And later, he went on to invent digital vaporization, um, the forerunner to today's vapes. And uh, he started a number of successful businesses with a, a couple of notable failures, which I probably even learned more from Shaheen. Now, today, he is the founder and CEO of Accelerated Intelligence Inc., a major um, Amazon FBA seller with millions in sales. Uh, He's the lead coach at Amazon Mastery, where he teaches entrepreneurs how to crush it on the Amazon platform and an active YouTube creator. So welcome, Gene, to the show. I'm honored to have you, my friend. Thanks for having me on, Connie. My honor. Yeah, I, this is important. And the multiple, multiple revenue streams, it was always important, but I think now it has become exponentially so. So share a little bit about your background because it's fascinating, right? And how, how, you, um, how you got where you are. And I used the word innovation before we started creating. And we're yeah. going to talk about that because he, Jane does not like the word innovation, right? So tell us about your background and why it's not innovation for you. So we came to this country as immigrants in the 19, late 1970s, early 1980s, the fall of the Shah in Iran. Solid middle class in Iran came to the United States, realized very quickly that we were poor and undesirable. It was during Iran-Contra, Reaganomics, and I thought that 
the reason why you went to school was to get your daily butt kicking. That's what happened in school as a, as a little Iranian kid. And it was, and looking back in retrospect, I think, I feel that it's those experiences of adversity, those experiences of, of what won't kill you will make you stronger. That really leads to grit and character and, and building of discipline. So fast forward to the time I'm 15 my folks managed to put together enough money, hardworking people. My dad worked at pizza store. And then he worked at a dry cleaners for most of 30 years, just trying to make ends meet. They managed to get enough money to buy a house in an area that wasn't very, very nice, but became up and coming and became gentrified very quickly, became one of the most affluent areas. And I saw all this wealth around me, but none for me. We didn't eat out at restaurants, really. Uh, The clothes that I wore were clothes that me and my brother wore, where we would have to wait for somebody to come into the dry cleaners that looked kind of cool, and then just cross our fingers and hope that they would forget to pay their bill or leave their clothes. And that's what we would wear the the next season once they had defaulted on on their clothing deposit. And I just remember all this wealth around us. And I remember uh, having wealthy friends and them taking me out and going, hey, my dad's out of town, but I've got this thing. And I say, what the heck is that? And they say, oh, that's a credit card. And I'd say, what? And they'd be like, yeah, come on. And I'd be like, okay, hold on a second. So this is a menu. I can order a hamburger and a pizza and that guy's going to bring it. I can get both things and that guy's going to bring it. Yeah, yeah, just get whatever you want. That didn't compute to me. And I quickly started looking around me and I saw all this wealth. So I went to my parents and I said, hey, I want to be rich. This sucks. Being poor sucks. I'm I'm tired of homemade Big Macs. My mom, I'd always be like, mama, we want to go to McDonald's. She'd be like, what do you mean McDonald's? I have it here. And she would do the typical thing that Eddie Murphy talked about. She'd take two pieces of Wonder Bread. She'd put a piece of meat inside and a slice of Velveeta cheese. And she'd be like, there is your Big Mac, better. And I'd say, I want it, but it comes with a toy. She'd be like, no, I got a toy for you. Here's a toy. What do you mean? And I was like, no, I want to go into the restaurants. And then I started looking around and I started having aspirations. I started reading books of the great old-time self-help guys, the personal development guys, Tony Robbins, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, Carnegie, all those old-timey guys. And I started to think to myself, man, there's got to be a path out there. So I left home. I left home at 15 because my parents didn't have a clue. And I decided, you know what? I need to do this on my own. My my folks have no idea. They're going to want me to go to school and become a doctor that's all they know. I, I got to get out. So I left and I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have any food to eat. I didn't have any friends. I cut off complete ties with everybody I knew. I was sleeping in the back of a old Lincoln Continental, a 1960s Lincoln Continental. I was taping the pages of Think and Grow Rich to the, to the trunk because if you remove the, the back seat, you could slide into the trunk and it was pretty spacious and I could, I would use a flashlight every night. I would read myself to sleep with Think and Grow Rich and all these other great self-help books. And I met a guy at the community college, which is where I would go because they had free food at the community college for the students. So I would pretend to be a student and get free food. 
And I met a guy who ended up mentoring me, who was quite an incredible individual. And I, I write about that in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, which is out now. If you guys want to listen to the audio book, the Audible book just dropped. So check that out on Audible called Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. So I meet this guy, kind of a mysterious character. He takes me under his wing and teaches me the way of influence, like you said at the very beginning of this podcast, the way of sales. How do you move people to do what you want, even if you have little or no money? And through that, I got involved in the electronic music scene, the rave scene that was happening at the time. And it was a burgeoning music scene, great musical acts, electronic music. But at the same time, there was a movement towards one specific smart drug, one specific designer drug, in fact, called ecstasy. And ecstasy was everywhere. It was the choice for clubs, the choice for clubbers and, and dance musicians. And the problem was, I was at the right place at the right time, mind you. The problem was this, that the supply had dried up with uh, Nancy Reagan's Just Say No and the D.A.R.E. campaigns and, and them cracking down. It was coming from one of two places, England or Holland, and the supply had dried up. But the mm. demand was huge. So I thought to myself, I thought, man, if I could come up with a legal, a natural alternative to this, I could do really well. And that's what I did. And I got it out through the drug dealers who were basically sitting on their, on their hands doing nothing because they had no supply. And I, I managed to, to gather up enough courage to go to them and get them to sell my legal product and legitimize their otherwise illegal enterprises. And we went from one guy to 1,000 guys to 10,000 guys to being all over the world. And whereas six months before, I was sleeping in abandoned cars, abandoned buildings, six months later, I had 200 employees. We had offices in 32 countries. I had a collection of exotic cars. And I remembered the day where I fell asleep inside my brand new Lamborghini, beautiful car, drooling on the passenger seat, not a good look, to step into my office. And to receive the news that we had broken a billion dollars in revenue, pre-internet, pre-social media, pre-smartphones. And I'd done this all as a teenager. And so now- this, is, this is interesting, Shaheen, okay? So everything you just described, I see as innovation. So I think we're going to have a little debate today, kids. Yeah. So to me, that was, you saw the opportunity. See, here's the thing. I think innovation is seeing things that others don't, right? That's Connie yeah. Whitman's definition, so to speak, of innovation. So that you saw this breakdown, of the, you saw a need, right? And yeah. then you saw a breakdown in the supply chain. And then you thought, but wait, we can legitimize. So not only do you win as a business owner, but now, right, the drug dealers have a legitimate business. So they get the cops off them and they could start living a better life. Yeah. Yeah. And start to create their own dynasty through through an opportunity that that wasn't illegal. That to me was innovative. So tell me why you don't think that was innovation at its best. I'm curious. Excellent, excellent question. So let's talk about this. So let me just I, I'll wrap up the story and then I'll tell you. So we. May, oh, I'm may, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. Um, because I want to get to your question because it's an important one, and I talk about this a lot. So. From there, went on to uh, creating several products. We had over 300 products. The company just blew up. Meteoric rise was, was absolutely incredible. 
And I remembered thinking to myself two thoughts. First was that I did not know how much a billion dollars was. So I needed to become better educated and have more mentors. I literally did not know how much a billion dollars was. Sure. And the second thing I thought to myself was, dude, I need an accountant because I didn't have an accountant. And then I started interviewing accounts and very important lesson. I know your, your viewers and listeners are business oriented. A very important lesson for you guys. Make note of this. Accountants are not the guys that count the cash that's in the duffel bags that's piled up in your office. They're not the guys that do that. So I very quickly learned that lesson. And I managed to start building systems and, and getting my uh, act together. From there, I moved on. Uh, I exited that company and I got into digital vaporization where we built uh, all the technology that you see now in vapes. I don't adhere to uh, uh, or espouse the use of vapes or vaporization. So you can say the founder, the guy that invented the digital vaporization technology that we use today does not espouse it. I don't think it's a, a good thing for people smoking. I'm a, a, a strong advocate for not smoking or vaping if you could help it. And then I moved on to look at this new platform called Amazon. And by the way, Amazon is killing innovation, and that's why it's cool. Uh, so you were asking me about – and what I do now is I empower and teach people how to sell on the Amazon platform, how to create Amazon products, how to find it. And the number one thing that I teach them, which leads me to your very uh, astute question, is that you should not be innovating. Innovation is not the place of entrepreneurs as far as products go. Why? Okay. I'm in the physical product space. I teach ordinary, everyday people with ordinary, everyday jobs and careers to go out there and take a piece of the pie that Jeff Bezos has put out there for you and to develop a product, private label it, put it on Amazon, and create a recurring revenue stream. That's what I teach now through my course. And by the way, anybody that wants to... Um, I'm going to take a cue from uh, Connie here. I'm going to offer up. I've got a one-hour course. Uh, it is everything A to Z. We normally charge 200 bucks, but since Connie's given her thing for free, I'm going to give mine for free to all listeners. Use the Yay. code Connie. Email me directly. Use the code Connie Whitman or changing the sales game and reach out to me directly. My, I'm going to give you guys my direct email is darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. And I will teach you everything A to Z for free, no obligation, never hear from me again. Okay, so <laughs> to your point, why, why is innovation a bad thing? When I started, I looked around me and I saw a lot of people creating products and going out there and finding a market for them. What's the problem with that? The problem with that is that it is very expensive to educate. You, as an entrepreneur, a budding entrepreneur, cannot afford to innovate. You cannot afford to educate the public. If you look at somebody like Steve Jobs, who has Apple behind him. Well, okay, so Apple may be in a position to innovate. They have the money. They can educate you and tell you why you need your phone and your Walkman and your camera to be in one device. But that's a long road, and people don't know what they don't know. How you make money quickly, and quickly is my favorite way to make money, and I'm not one of these get-rich-quick guys. I believe in foundational thinking. And Connie, you and I were talking about this earlier about building foundations, and we can continue that line of thought. Yes. What you need to do if you want to make money quickly, the path to that 
is finding a market, breaking that market down to its smallest niche that is still profitable, finding the vulnerability in that niche, and then giving it what it wants and giving it what it needs. The market's already asking for it. 99% of the work is done. You just have to bring value. You can bring value by telling a better story. You can bring value by clarity, by likability, all the elements that the greatest uh, sales author ever, and he's, he's not going to like this, Robert Caldini, the author of Influence and Persuasion. And by the way, I tell this to people all the time when I'm training salespeople or sales staff or, or anybody out there, is that every single sale is done before the customer ever hears your name before the customer ever comes to your listing, before the customer ever steps foot inside your door, real or virtual. And Caldini, in his book, Persuasion, talks about this perfectly. I talk about it also and uh, summarize it in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. So you guys can check that out. But ultimately, if you want to be efficient, if you want to make money quickly, Save your innovation for your storytelling. Save your innovation for how you get to the market. But you don't want to innovate when it comes to creating products and creating services. So it's fascinating, fascinating perspective. Um, I, I guess in my mind, I'm still seeing it as innovation, but let me put the caveat with this, uh, Shaheen. I, I understand what you're saying. And, and here's what I see a lot of business owners do. They create a product and then look for the problem. And that's, that's to me, is, is the wrong way to do it, right? Because we want to know that there is a problem. I have the solution. So the market is already demanding what, I'm, what I have, whether it's a product or service, doesn't matter. The See, it's funny because I think the way that you look at Amazon, exactly what you described, right? Find, find the niche and then deep dive into that one missing piece. And then what is the product, service, whatever that you need to bring to satisfy that particular niche to make money quickly? To me, that's an innovative way to think. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to convey is... A play. I, I think we're we're talking about syntax here. We're talking about words, and what may be innovation to you uh, it may not be innovation to others. People keep thinking, "Man, I got to come up." When when we discuss innovation, if you ask most people what innovation is, to to clarify my thought, they will tell you, "Man, I got to do it better. I got to my my products got to be better. My packaging's got to be better. The, I, my thing has to do more than the next guy. My service has to have all these different offerings. Look at this perfect example, this lady, Elizabeth Holmes with uh, Theranos. Have you watched that at all? Have you been no. following that? Oh, right. yeah. The, yeah. She, it was illegal, right? With the blood. Is that the yeah, one? Lady, yeah. Lady, lady uh, entrepreneur, yeah. um, brilliant in a lot of respects, yeah. um, well-respected amongst her peers, comes up with this great company, and is struggling to innovate. And she invents this device that's supposed to have one drop of blood as opposed to taking a vial of blood and will do all the diagnostics. And they're struggling so hard to innovate. That's their problem. And eventually that apparently, allegedly from what I saw in the news, that 
escaped. She, she couldn't hold it in anymore. Her desire to innovate actually crushed her because it turned into a lie, and she started to deceive people yeah. rather than to say, what's the market really need right now? Okay, we're going to be an innovative company when we have more money, more time, more resources, and we'll put that there as as something that we're working on. And right now, all, all she needed to do is to really just create a lab and compete with the current system just a little bit better, yeah. tell a better story, which she was very good at. Unfortunately, yes. her story was complete bullshit. Forgive yeah. my language. Yeah. You know, she, she could have had a better story that was true yeah. and focused her innovation on that. And she would have been great. She would have been out of jail right now and, and doing very well. The, the difference between her trying to innovate and her trying to innovate with her story rather than her product is just micro movements. She wasn't ready yet to innovate with her product. The concept is great. It's, it's entirely possible what yeah. she wanted to do, but she was rushing and struggling too hard to innovate. And yeah. that's the problem. And when you're starting off, most of the people we're talking to haven't raised a billion dollars like she did no, and don't have all this right. backing. So you want to use a lever. You want to use the least amount of pressure to achieve the highest amount of result. Yeah. And in order to do that, you can't be innovating. There's no time for that. You need to find a market that's hungry. You need to find what the vulnerability is. And you need to come in like a hawk. And yeah. exploit that vulnerability and yeah. then step and repeat that. And again, that's what I teach in my Amazon course for people that are interested. Reach out. It's a free course, darkzess at gmail.com or free for Connie's people. You know what's so funny, um, Shane, too, with Amazon? Like he started with books, college books. Yeah. That was it. And he created a system and he got it delivered and he was efficient with his customer service. He perfected the system. And then he went and said, ah, this could be a platform for authors now. Right. And he did that. And then he added another. And now he's, you know, we have three Amazon boxes every day at our front door. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he, again, I think he satisfied a need, right. The niche in that case was college, uh, college books but he perfected the system so that it could be rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And that's why, see that now what you said, it clicked for me. He, he didn't have a bazillion dollars when he first started. Right. So yeah. he had to create that, that one thing, that lever, what's that niche, that one thing, and then really, really optimize how he delivered that and did it better than anybody else out there. It's exactly what you said, right? Do it better, faster, whatever. And then, on to the next one, but he created systems while he was still in that small um, perspective. And then the innovation came, like you said, where he could bring on all of these other different businesses and different products and services beyond the scope of what he could create. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, I love what you just said. I want to go back. You, you mentioned the word foundational thinking, which I want to understand this concept because I think I, my gut is it's going to be an important um, idea. Yeah, look, so I'm in my teens. I create over a billion dollars in revenue, super successful. End up selling that company. I lost millions. I made millions. I've done all that, recreated, rebuilt myself many times over. I noticed sometime after my first company that I was constantly looking for that next big thing. Hmm. 
like they talk about in that film, The Matrix. It's a splinter in your mind. You're, you're constantly looking for, man, what's that next big hit? And it was funny. I made a film with uh, Vanilla Ice, the uh, famous musician once, um, the, the famous rapper, one of the, the, the highest selling rappers of all time, albeit for one single song on an album, uh, a very innovative guy, actually. And we produced a film with him way back. And I remember thinking to myself, the thing that stood out for me was that he was doing the same thing. He was waiting for that next big hit. Now, interestingly enough, this guy became more wealthy, more successful from multiple projects after his big music hit. But he was always looking for that next big thing. And for me, yeah. And for me too, I realized, man, that was me. I was chasing that one big thing. What is the next herbal ecstasy? I was looking for that over and over again until it occurred to me that I could be far more successful if I just adapted to the changing environment rather than kept looking for a ghost, something that may or may not be there. And the fact is, especially now during COVID, but at that time as well, is that Creating multiple streams of income, having multiple things that you do is a much more solid plan than having that next one big hit, having that next one big song, that next one big movie, or your first one big thing. And the reason why, like you and I were talking about, Connie, is that when you create foundational thinking, when you start thinking foundationally, you think of a table, a table with four legs, really good. Put all your stuff on it. Solid. Three legs. All right. I've seen three leg tables that can stand. We could work with that. Not the best. It'd be better if it had four. Two legs, not stable. One leg, you're looking at a tripod. You have to think that way. So having the first foundation is to create the space to be able to do whatever it is that you want. You need to have money in the bank that allows for you to live a comfortable life, keeps diapers on the kids, keeps food on the table so you don't have to worry. Some people have a trust fund. If you have a trust fund, more power to you. Great. That can be one of your pillars. But for the rest of us who don't, you got to have something that gives you that stability. Number one foundation. Number two foundation, I tell people this all the time, You need to have some money in the markets. You need to have some money that's gaining compounding interest. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. A lot of people are getting into crypto. A lot of people are getting into different types of investments, stocks, bonds, options, whatever it is, something that's giving you compounding interest. The third thing, cash flow positive real estate, and you can do it with little or no money. I teach people how to do it all the time. You need to have somebody else paying you money to live on dirt that you own or at the very least learning about it. And the fourth and final thing, one of the most important things, if you say, Shaheen, real estate's at an all-time high, people are buying houses like crazy, money's cheap, what do I do? E-commerce real estate. It's still day one on Amazon, and building out these Amazon companies is the best way to create an e-commerce stream of recurring revenue. And that's what I tell people. Do, do whatever you feel good with. We teach people Amazon, Etsy, eBay, so many opportunities. But having just another business where you're not selling your hours and that business month after month, year after year, creates revenue for you, creates value, 
That's a big deal. And then, like Connie said, you can never have a bad day. It's never a bad day for you. It's very unlikely that all four pillars would crash. Some days one is doing less. Some days one is doing more. Some days all four are doing great. But you never have a bad day when you create this foundational thinking. And yeah, and and I I don't want to interrupt you, but you know my background is finance, and one yeah. of the things when I was selling investments a hundred years ago, it was you know you can't put all your eggs in one basket. It's the same concept with work, yet we are we're raised right, um, Jane, to to um, get the job, get the paycheck, get the benefits, get the four hundred one k. You know what percentage are they matching? And you do you have vision and dental? Like we're taught to. Um, have that one job and then you have the career and the danger of that is years ago, just a little finance here, a little finance 101, right? Years ago when businesses worked for a company, they got a pension, they had social security, right? Once that was implemented in place. And then they also had their 401k. So there were three revenue streams that they had built. Now, unfortunately, you know, pensions are gone you know, social security, we don't know what's going to happen with that because it's very hard to keep funded, but the 401k, it's not enough. And so real estate, and, you know, my dad's an immigrant from, from Italy, uh, Shane, and we laugh because, you know, Italians love buying dirt. That's what we say. (laughs) They love having the rental properties because it creates these multiple revenue streams as well. And now with the crypto, I don't know enough about crypto to comment, but I do believe that what you just said with the money piece of it is important. But I also agree that we have to create the money streams, the the multiple revenue revenue streams in our work life as well. And that's what you kind of alluded to that keep your full-time job. If that's getting, you know, keeping diapers on the kids, but don't be afraid to look at these other options and the training. And thank you for offering that uh, free for my, my peeps here. Um, But that you can create another revenue stream without giving up that stability. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah. 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 You, you, you should be building on top of your foundation as well. So there's other revenue streams that we haven't discussed, like you were suggesting, and that's great. You want to diversify, and it's not as big bang. It's not like, oh, you know, I, I had the big movie or I had this big pop of fame, but rather it's getting rich slowly, and that's okay too. It's foundational thinking. It's legacy thinking, and yeah. when you build like that, man, you become indestructible. Yeah, it's having a plan and executing the plan. And it's, you know, it it goes back to what I said um, on the onset when I I gave my free gift, right, Shane, the the um, you got to do something differently, or nothing's going to change. So, you know, your class, your your free class you know, what does it hurt to learn that it might be exactly what you're looking for from the time constraints that you have as a parent? I I don't know. Right. So again, what is your life? What can you, what, what pressure can you handle in your regular life, your regular job, right? Those foundational pieces so we can live and pay bills. Um, But what is it that maybe you can add? Excuse me. And I think, um, I think that's an important piece. We're out of time, but I want to give your website, it's uh, Shaheen Shay. I'm just going to spell it, guys. It's S H A A H I N, and then last name C H E Y E N N E dot com. I will put that in the show notes. 
Additionally, um, Shane, Shane gave you his email and it's dark zest. I love that, by the way, dark zest, Z-E-S-S, because you're zesty at gmail.com. I will put that in the show notes and then you'll give me the link to uh, that free gift. Yeah, they just email me. So email me again at darkzess, no T, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. Mention Connie's show and I'll go ahead and include that for you. We're going to change the sales game. I'm loving it. I'm loving it, my friend. And here, one other thing, guys, um, there, you do have a website too, right? It's the- Yeah. For the course, it's going to be FBA seller course, FBA standing for fulfillment by Amazon. So it's fbasellercourse.com. You guys can check us out there. Go to shaheenshan.com. We also have a podcast, Connie, called Hack and Grow Rich. And if you guys like, check us out on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found and subscribe and like or dislike us. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to put that too, because I love um, sharing other podcasts with my peeps, because this is such, again, creating multiple revenue streams, creating that legacy life, leaving that legacy behind for your kids or grandkids or whatever your aspirations are. And podcasts are just so so digestible um, that I just love it. So Hack and Grow Rich, and I promise I will put that link as well so you can find um, the show, listen and get some ideas, right, that maybe you never thought of. Thank you you so much, um, Jean, for, for being on and, um, you're fun, by the way, you, I love your energy and how you articulated your ideas. And, um, I just love what you're creating out there because I think people need to take more control of their own life, their own finances, their own situation. And there's options out there. You're living proof of that and what you're teaching on the Amazon um, platform, right? So it's accessible with low price points so that anybody can do this, right? Did I misunderstand that? And be free. <laughs> and be free be free you mean find freedom can't be free there's no better price i right it's like amen brother for that so i love it thank you so much for sharing your insight and your resources um again everybody i, I promise i'll put the the links to the website and uh email so you can uh, you know directly get the the class but i'm also going to put that podcast check it out listen follow like and review it does matter to us podcasters um to feel a little bit of love from our listeners so please do that uh for shane as well thank you so much for being on my friends uh great meeting you and um thanks for a great show this was very informative i learned so much i might have to take your class honored to be on thank you so much you're always welcome yeah thank you thank you so much and i am going to check out the podcast as well and i hope you will join me weekly as we question build and discover together no matter where you are in your career no matter where you are in your business i really hope that my guests and i provide some ideas tips strategies that you can implement today you know shane took talked about just what is that thing? Movement, right? It's all about movement. Put it into application. That application becomes um, uh, results, right? And it's always about the results. And Shane gave so many wonderful examples about that. So um, please, I hope that my guests and I provide that wonderful information for you to help you on your next big adventure. Um, thank you again for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I am honored to have you on the show, um, come to the show every week. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. I hope to see you next week where we have some more um, innovative, and I say that tongue in cheek, but some more 
wonderful ideas that you can implement today. Change your life. Do something great. Be greater um, if you're already at the level level of amazing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Shane, for being a great uh, guest. I'll see you all next week. Have a great one. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.